Blog Talk Radio. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Abundant Solutions Hour. Our goal is to help others be more, do more, and have more. I'm your host, Gregory Turner. And I'm your co-host, Brian J. Henderson. Brian, we have a powerful, powerful show tonight, and I am so anxious to have our guest come on and do his thing. I, I can't even tell you how excited I am about tonight's show. You know, Greg, when I first read about tonight's guest, I was just, I was blown away, you know. And, you know, his whole story was about struggle and, you know, sacrifice and reward and triumph. And it's sort of like, you know, when you first read about it, you, you begin to think, how can some, how can one person endure so much? Yes. You know, yes. but tonight's topic, uh, tonight's show topic is called The Happiness Factor. Wow. And so once I started reading through, I realized why we why you named the show the happiness factor. <laughs> you know, because we have we we always come up with a different type of topic that relates to the show. But, you know, I guess if you don't factor in and you know, and you'll see soon when you hear from him, you know, my first time speaking to him, I could actually feel the joy that's in his heart. And so that you know, when you factor in his happiness, you can understand why he's here today. Yeah. Brian, you know, so many so many people right now are hurting with the economy. They're hurting because they're losing their jobs. A lot of people have kids that are in private schools. They can no longer pay for that. They, they can't afford it anymore because mm-hmm. there's so many cutbacks. There's so much negativity on television that a lot of these people, Brian, are, they, they, they can't accept what's going on. And they feel that where they are right now, things won't get better. But we're here to tell you tonight that things can get better, and you make that choice. You have uh, a a decision. You can make that choice to be happy. And tonight our guest is going to talk about some things that's really going to pull you, we feel that's going to pull you out of that rut, out of that negative hole that you're in, and, Brian, there's so many people out there right now that, that want to put the, the gun to their head and pull the trigger. There's so many people who want to take the pills uh, to just end it all. But, Brian, our guest tonight is a powerful, powerful man, and he's gone through some things. And if he had done the same thing, we wouldn't be talking to him now. And I think what he's gone through, he's walking in victory. And another thing, too, Brian, he made a bad situation into a wonderful situation. And that's what I think a lot of people are missing, and that's what we're going to touch on tonight. Your situation right now, you can turn it all around by yourself, without the job, without having the money. You still can live happy, and and great things will happen for you. And, Brian, I know you've run across a lot of people Mm -hmm. that are just hurting and they're looking for help, and they're just not finding the help that they want. Right. You know, I, I have. And a lot of them, you know, surprisingly aren't older people. They're younger people. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, I talk to teens. I talk to young folks all the time. And even some that are, you know, close to my age but a little younger than I am, and they're always searching. They always say, well, there's something I'm missing. There's something I can't find. There's something that... I know it's there, but I don't know how to get it, you know. 
And so I think tonight um, our guest, and I'm going to introduce him now because I'm just waiting to talk to him. Yeah, okay, you know, go I ahead. think our guest tonight is going to hit on some of those, you know, how to find it and where it is and what it is that mm-hmm. a lot of these people are looking for. Tonight's special guest is best-selling author Kirk Wilkinson, and I want to introduce him now and bring him on by saying welcome to the Abundant Solutions Hour. And thank you so much for having me. Thank our you pleasure, our on. pleasure. Brian, since you're so, so anxious to talk to him, I'm going to let you go ahead and start, start the show off tonight. You know, and I was saying this earlier, when I read through some of the stuff that you um, sent to Greg to uh, talk about you, I was just blown away. I mean, because you talk to people and you hear people that have gone through things and so forth, but it's very rare that you hear people that have gone through the things that you went through that you can actually talk to and say, hey, you know, you went through this and you just didn't go crazy. You know, so tell us. what. First off, tell us a little bit about yourself, and then yeah, we'll lead into that. Okay, thank you for, I, I just want to say thank you for the opportunity to be here, uh, Greg and Brian. and I. Thank you. Uh, listen to some of your earlier shows, and I think you're doing some great work. And I think that they're, you're absolutely right. You know, things are pretty tough right now. People are hurting. People are afraid. And uh, I think over the next hour, together, all of us, you, the two of you and me and everybody else on the line, that we can come together and talk about some real positive solutions. You know, a little bit about my background. I, I like to say that I'm just an ordinary guy. And... Uh, lived an ordinary life, you know, but I, I had my set of uh, setbacks and adversity. When I was eight years old, my mother sent my brother and my sister and I to the grocery store. I was eight years old, and we walked just a few blocks away. We come back, the house is empty, and she's gone. And I did not see her again for 20 years. Wow. And 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 now that I'm 52... <laughs> mature 52 i've only seen her five times in my whole life since i was eight years old and then at age 29 i was diagnosed with cancer for the first time seven years later declared cancer free three months later find another tumor of another cancer type and had to go through the whole experience again and i you know, just tried to live my life as a good life, making good choices and good decisions. But one day, as I was approaching my 25th wedding anniversary, I realized, oh my gosh, I'm not the husband that I really wanted to be after 25 years. And that caused me to look at my job and say, oh my gosh, I don't have the job I wanted. I'm not making the money I wanted to make. My children are growing up and being their own people. I'm really not the father I wanted to be. I'm not as in good of health as I wanted to be. And so everything that I considered important in my life, I was failing. And I had grown up thinking that if you live a good life and you do the right things and you work hard, that happiness is going to automatically happen. And when happiness did not happen I was devastated to the point where I wanted to take my own life. And I started devising, you know, different ways that I could end it all. And by accident, I had spilled all of my sleeping pills into my hand. And one night, just spent the whole night struggling as to whether I should take all of those pills or not. And a friend said to me the next morning, thank goodness I didn't end it all. He said, all of your problems will be solved 
from the inside out, not the other way around. And for the first time in my life, I really listened, and I spent the next months and years studying this phenomena of solving your problems from the inside out. And after a while, I realized that I had become happy, happier than I had ever been, and I don't want anyone else to have to spend that amount of time or go through what I went through to be happy. And so I created the happiness factor, eight simple yet powerful steps that you can apply in any situation and any circumstance to be happy. But the whole point of that story is really that, you know, a lot of us expect that happiness is going to happen just by doing the right things. And I'm here to say that you can learn how to be happy and all of your problems will be solved from the inside out. Now, I know that sounds a little soft to people that are experiencing some really tough times right now. Maybe they're losing their job, uh, about to lose their house. Maybe their life has been turned upside down that they can't you know, live the kind of quality of life that they had been used to. But I really, really believe and can say with all integrity that problems can be solved from the inside out. Hmm. You know what, um, Mr. Wilkinson, this is Greg. I, I, I want you to take us with you. When the doctor told you that you were diagnosed with, with cancer, because I want people to understand the the impact that that had on your life at that moment. What were your thoughts when he said that? Did you want to give up? Um, did you want to uh, attack this this disease, cancer? Do you want to attack that and defeat it and just live the life that you wanted? Was it just a decision that you made in your mind, inside, to defeat this, this ugly disease? Yeah, you know, I think a lot of people uh, experience that, or we've all been touched by cancer in some way, either family members, our own selves, uh, friends at work. You know, at the age of 29, that's the last thing on your mind. And I had had a lump in my lower abdomen for about a year and a half and went in to see the doctor. And he said, you know, we'll take it out, but there's no way it's cancer. Don't even worry about it. So when I went back to have the stitches taken out, I didn't even have to wait in the waiting room. The, the, the receptionist says, oh, the doctor's going to see you right now. And they took me into that room that has the couch in it, not the examination table. Mm -hmm. And I'm here to tell everybody that if the doctor asks you into his office with the couch, it's not good news. <laughs> so wow. I'm like, something's going on here. And he said, well, I hope you don't have anything planned for today because uh, I want you to see an oncologist. I want you to see a neurologist. We're going to have uh, you know, a lot more tests done. And I'm like, well, what are you talking about? I just had a... You said there was no chance it was cancer. He goes, oh, yeah, I, I'm sorry. I should have started with that. You have cancer. And to be, to be honest with you, Greg, I didn't hear anything else that he had to say. I don't think that he really told me in the best way. And to be honest with you, I was living with the thought that cancer meant death. And... I lived that whole day and for several months after that just thinking that my life was over at age 29. And I thought, you know what? 
I, I was so deep in depression that, you know, I said to myself, you know, I think everything happens for a reason. And and I think everybody would kind of say that. I hear that all the time, right, that everything happens for a reason, and there's probably people listening tonight that yeah. are saying that right now. Hey, you know, yeah, times are tough, but everything happens for a reason. But I believe that you can choose the reason and that when you make the reason personal and significant for you, it changes that adversity into an opportunity. For instance, for me, I, I was sitting in the hospital having uh, gotten an infection, and the doctor was saying, you know, um, you're either going to die from cancer or you're going to die from this infection unless we can get it under control. And I said, yeah, but I, I think I'm going to die from boredom too. And so as I was sitting there just feeling sorry for myself, I said, you know what, there's got to be something more to this. And I decided that there was something that I needed to learn from that experience so I could help others. And it, it was significant and meaningful to me, and it changed it immediately into something that I could grow from, something I could learn from. It was going to make me a better person. And so I really believe that that was the key to overcoming this dreadful disease was making, uh, picking, or choosing a reason for my suffering. So when you ever hear anyone say, everything happens for a reason, I say, yeah, but you get to choose the reason. Mm. Mm-hmm. That's wow. good stuff. I never thought of it that way. You know, it it, it caught my attention when you said that... Um, the way you found out about your cancer. And, you know, I, I watch a lot of the uh, the TV shows that are, like, uh, medical-related and so forth. And one of my favorite shows is House. And in oh. House, you know, he always finds a way how to, you know, it's some weird thing that has happened and so forth. You know, and it made me think about just how sometimes people don't think about what they're saying when they say it. You know, yeah. it's like when they're when they're talking to someone, you know, they're talking about this person's life and they're speaking into that person's life. You know, what was it for you? Um, and you talked a little bit about how you you were down in those days. But what was it for you to talk to other people, you know, and tell them about what was wrong, you know, when you had cancer? Yeah, I think that that's you, – you actually bring up a really interesting point because one, one of the things that was really surprising to me is that uh, people that I thought which would be very concerned and very caring were actually afraid to talk about it to me, and so they stayed away from me. And strangers became very friendly to me and reached out to me. And the first time that I had cancer, I, I – I was almost embarrassed about it, and I didn't want to talk about it. And I really think that I made a mistake. I, I think that no one should ever be embarrassed about any disease that they have. And that, that in the speaking about it, in the talking about it, even if it's hard, there's a release that comes with that. There's some learning that comes with that. And so the second time that I had cancer, I was just very open about it, told my coworkers, uh, told my family, and it became out in the open, and it became something that was common or familiar, if you will. And in that process, 
it reduced so much of the fear that I was feeling, and it made others feel more comfortable as well. And so in the talking about it, and I would recommend this to anyone on the, the line and listening to the show, that if you're experiencing some tough times, whether it's about your house, whether it's about your job, whether it's about your health, find someone that you can speak to this about. And, and one of the things I like to recommend is to become a mentor or serve someone in need. And what happens is when you actually can share your wisdom with someone else who's having a difficult time, it changes your own problems. You actually find solutions to your own problems that you wouldn't have found except as you're trying to help someone through theirs. And so if you become a mentor or if you can find some way to help someone else in need, your problems shrink, your, your solutions to your own problem become more evident to you. And I, I experienced that firsthand as I spoke about and was just very open about having cancer. Mm. Oh. I, have a, I have a MySpace question. I have some friends on MySpace that's listening. This question is, how do I look inside for the solutions to my problems? I, I guess they must have heard you say that the answer is within. Yes, yes, that this idea that your problems are solved from the inside out. Well, I I really believe that – well, let, let me give you another example that's based uh, in my experience with cancer. The second time that I was diagnosed, it was a completely different disease. I had a different doctor, and he brought me in, and he said, you know, um, we have a very serious situation here. Uh, with a new form of cancer. But before I talk about the disease, I want to ask you a personal question. And I said, yeah, you can ask me anything. He says, I'd like to know if you pray. I'm like, yeah, I pray. He goes, well, do you have friends and family that pray for you? And I said, yes, I do. He says, well, I have found in my practice that people who pray and have people that pray for them are more likely to overcome the disease of cancer than those who do not. And so I believe that there is a solution to your problem that exists already and that in our searching for it, we may not be able to find it. Let me give you a funny example. Just the other day, uh, I had been outside and, and I came inside and I did a couple things and I was looking for my sunglasses and I was couldn't find my sunglasses. I looked everywhere, and I was starting to get so angry that I could not find my sunglasses. I, you know, almost yelling at my wife, yelling at my kids. They were right here on the table. I know it because I saw them. And you know what I'm about to say, right? Yep. Yeah. <laughs> so I went into the bathroom, and thinking, oh, maybe I just set them down there. And I looked in the mirror, and guess what? <laughs> they were right there on my head, right? Sometimes when we are experiencing a problem, the problem is so great in our mind that we, have, we don't have the ability to see the solution. And so if you can reach inside yourself and remember that you are not your problem, you are not the job that you lost, you are not the house that you're about to lose, you are not the situation that you find yourself in. You're not even your body. For me, I wasn't cancer. Cancer was not me. 
and you look inside yourself and realize that you are a great human being and that you should not underestimate your ability to cope and that when you find and look at the greatness of yourself, there will be solutions that come to you that would have been invisible to you before. I have seen this happen over and over again, and it's miraculous when it happens, and it really just comes from recognizing that you have the power within you to see solutions that are already present. Wow. Wow. You know, I I remember hearing someone say this, and I've been using it ever since. It says that everything that you need, you were born with it. Everything that you need, and there's nothing that you have, that there's nothing that you don't have. You just have to pull it from within. You know. So when I heard the first time I heard somebody say that, I didn't get it, and I was like, "What do you mean? Everything you need, you were born with it. You know, you were born with food. You need it." You know, yeah. and what I first, you know, after, you know, sort of searching and asking questions about what the guy was talking about, he finally said that you have the ability to pull everything from when, from within you. He says, when you have, when you educate yourself, it means to pull from within. You know, you discover things, but you really just, you it's not like it wasn't there before. You just discovered it. <laughs> he says that's the same thing with you. You know, everything you need is inside you. So when you said that, it made sense to me. Yeah, you know, I love to use in my seminars and my workshops, I love to use this example, and it follows exactly what you're saying, is that we're, we all know uh, the story of the Wizard of Oz, right? Mm-hmm. Where uh, three of the main characters, uh, the Scarecrow, uh, mm-hmm. the Tin Man, and the Cowardly Lion, they all felt they were missing something, and they were searching for it. But they didn't know where to look or have the skills to find it. And so what I believe and and what I've dedicated myself to is helping people find out where to look. And I'm saying on this show tonight that one of the places that you're going to look is on the inside. And then... You know, with shows like this show, uh, through my book and other great teachers, you can learn the skills to find it. So you know where to look and you have the skills to find it. And one of the ways that I I suggest is, um, and it comes back to this inside-out phenomena, is to limit your daily dosage of news. That with so much going on in the world, in the economy, in politics, we can find ourselves glued to CNN or our favorite internet website with news on it, and we're like, oh my gosh, um, what's going to happen next? How much worse can it be? And and I say, well, let the news happen without you. You know, be a headliner three times a week, where on certain days you're only going to read the headlines, and if something interests you, guess what? It's going to be around tomorrow. It's going to be around the next day with more data behind it. Let the news happen without you. Limit your daily dosage of news. And what happens is that you're not filling yourself up with negativity from the outside, and so you have more room for creativity to grow from the inside. Mm. Mm. 
So you're saying basically if you flush your mind of all the negatives, there's nothing left but positive. Ah. Absolutely. And that positive can grow. Now, does that mean that um, you're going to find a new job on the inside? I, I Yes, I believe it is. And, and what can happen is that when you start to focus on the solution from the inside, you may just happen to run into someone who gives you a lead on a job that's available that had you been concentrating on something else, been in a different place at a different time, you would have never come across that. Maybe you overhear someone in the coffee shop saying, hey, so-and-so is hiring. I, I really believe that those kinds of miracles happen to you when you start focusing on what's happening on the inside and not so much of what's happening on the outside. Mm. I just received another message on uh, from MySpace. Uh, the, the person writes, Happiness is far from people like me. Why? Uh, they just don't know. And when I'm when I think I'm about to get better, something new comes by. I'm tired of crying, suffering, and just being broke. And she writes, "Help." She spells out "help" in capital letters. Mm. And she's listening right now. Okay. You know, my heart goes out to that listener, and I think that there are others like them that are suffering and having some really hard times. And, you know, I think it's a bold statement, and and I'm going to have to just say I think it's a bold statement for me to say that you can be happy regardless of your circumstances. And I really believe that. And it, it takes a little bit of faith, it takes a little bit of trust, and the trust starts in that when when I said before, don't underestimate your ability to cope, that there are people around you who are learning how and dealing with situations that are similar. And I don't mean to minimize your situation in any regard. But I, I think that if you're saying that you're tired of being broke, well, you know, I know some very wealthy people that say the same thing to me. And it's like, how can that be? And I think that if you were to focus on some of the richness that you have already, that there's got to be something in your life that you could grasp onto, that you can say that you are grateful for it, that you are blessed because of it, and plant that as a seed in your mind and in your thoughts and focus on that that you will have a brighter mood. Uh, here, here's, a, here's something that I would suggest for you. Uh, when you encounter someone, in, either tonight or, or tomorrow, whether you're standing at the bus stop, whether you are driving a car, uh, whether you're standing in line to uh, buy something or just talking to a neighbor, express appreciation for someone or something. And by that, I mean be kind and appreciative to everyone you encounter, and it's going to generate some positive emotions. Those positive emotions can grow within you, and it will alleviate some of the pain that you're feeling. Now, is it going to be a a pain pill for you? It may not be, but I can guarantee you that it's going to start to alleviate some of that pain. And as that pain goes away, you're going to feel 
and see some solutions to your problems that you may not have seen before. Uh, we're all, uh, I, I, I sympathize with you. I understand what you're saying. And I, I think that if you were to focus on something a little bit more positive, while it may not change the situation where you know, someone's going to give you a check tomorrow, it may open you up to possibilities to receiving more than a check uh, maybe the day after. Trust yourself. Realize that you have the power within you to cope and to overcome and that there's something positive around you that you can grasp onto. That would be my uh, suggestion. Wow. Well, I tell you, um, that's, that's awesome. You, you have a book out now, and you have materials that you use. Uh, you have your seminars and your workshops. What what do you think is best for people, uh, the information that you have, and, and how can they get that information from you? Well, thank you for asking that. Uh, yes, my book is called The Happiness Factor, How to Be Happy No Matter What. And everyone on the line can probably tell that I'm not a psychologist, I'm not a medical doctor. This is really a real-world practical guide to everyday problems. And I and I wrote it in a way that I, I think it's easy to apply, easy to remember. And so if people want to learn more, they can go to my website, thehappinessfactor.com. And there's some articles out there they can read. There's a couple videos that they can watch as well. And I think that if they're close to a bookstore and they'd like to purchase the book that way, uh, they could do that. If someone would like to purchase the book from my website, um, I've I'd like to make an offer to your listeners that if they purchase the book from my website and choose the book plus the DVD combo, I, I will give the DVD free. So instead of a $29.95 uh, price, it would just be $14.95, and I'll even throw the shipping in free as well. Wow. Wow. And And the DVD I'm speaking of is called Five Things You Can Do to Be Happy right now and it's it's a short dvd it's about 45 minutes long but i walk through uh what i call the peaceful approach to being happy as well as talk about five things that they could do right now to be happy and that's a free offer to all of your listeners from now until the end of the month all right well we appreciate that on the behalf of the listeners you know yeah yeah you know I had another question. I mean, I'm still, I don't know, I guess, I don't want to say I'm stuck on this, but I'm still kind of just wondering what what went through your mind the second time you were diagnosed with cancer? Well, uh, I have to tell you that the first time was no picnic. And so... I had swore to myself that I would never go through cancer again, that if I were to ever get cancer again, I would just let it eat me away and I would wither and die because it was such a terrible experience. And so when I was told I had cancer the second time, I mean, it was it was almost a double whammy for me because I had, in May, I had gone in for my last blood test for the first time and they said, congratulations, after seven years, we declare you cancer-free. And I'm like, wow, that's a milestone. That's huge. And in September, I was rolling over in bed, and I felt another lump. And I'm like, oh, 
man, that's depressing. And it just cascaded after that to where they find another form of cancer. And it was a real struggle for me to make the decision that I was going to go through uh, treatments again. And uh, I'll tell you, I, I'm so glad that I did. And it now, even though not at the moment, but now, I think that the two days that I was diagnosed with cancer are two of the most significant and special days of my life. And let me tell you why. Is that when someone says to you, you have cancer, there's something that happens to you that all of the trivial things in your life that you think are important are no longer important. They no longer matter because you have one singular focus in your life, and that is to get better. And it was like this liberating feeling of only having one thing, even though it was very serious, I only had one thing to worry about, and it was getting better. And it was a marvelous feeling. And it really taught me that there is so much in our lives that's trivial, that we think is so important, that we place so much importance on, but when compared to having cancer, it really doesn't matter. And I think that we can kind of go through this process without a diagnosis, that if we really wanted to see what was important in our lives, pretend that you've been told you have cancer, and look at your life and say, well, what's really important right now in this moment? There's a lot that's not that important that we attach so much of our emotion to that we could really do without. Wow. You know what? I, I have someone um, listening to the show right now that's very dear to me. And, you know, and, and I want to I ask you, how does someone that's – it seems like a person is on a roller coaster. Some days they're up. Some days they're down. Sometimes they just, just feel like they're just going all, all over the place and, and they're happy one minute, depressed the next minute. How can someone uh, be motivated to stay happy, to make that decision to stay happy at all times? Yeah, uh, that's that's a question that I get all the time because, you know, in my book, I start about talking about the choice to be happy. And to be honest with you, I thought that I had made that choice in my own life. You know, and the choice was uh, do the right things, work really hard, and if you work hard, things are going to work out and you're going to be happy. I had bought into that and thought that I had made the choice. But just like if someone were to say, um, hey, I'm going to learn to play piano. They make the choice to, to, to learn to play the piano, yet they never find a teacher. They never practice. They never get close to a piano. They've never taken the steps to learn the skills to make that choice a powerful and active force in their lives. And so I actually think that it's a combination. You make the choice, and then you do something about it. And, and really, that's the approach of my book, is that make the choice to be happy and, and realize that you can. And I've heard people say about my book that it brings happiness within the reach of all of us. But then I don't stop there because then I teach you skills that you can use so that happiness, that choice to be happy, becomes active. It becomes powerful. And the way that I describe it is that your highs are higher than you experienced before. Happiness is more intense. And the lows are not as devastating. 
So the, the beauty is that my life before and after really isn't that different. Have the same house, have the same wife, have the same job, have the same income, but I am happier than I've ever been before. Well, how can that be? It's because the lows, uh, the highs and the lows, the roller coaster that you described, is more intense on the highs and not as devastating on the lows. And let, let me give you an example of a skill that I'm talking about. In my book, I call it underreact. And underreact is the opposite of freaking out. That when something happens to us, you know, a lot of times we have the tendency to just freak out, right? And, and so what I'm saying is that you can actually learn to underreact. And, and here's an example. That uh, I call it your emotional caller ID. That, you know, we all have caller ID. And if, if I were to call you, you would see that it was me and you'd say, well, Maybe now is not the right time to talk to Kirk. Uh, I'm, I'm thinking about something else. I don't want to engage in that conversation. And you're going to choose whether you're going to pick up and talk to me or not. Well, when a crisis or something devastating happens to you, you can actually make that same choice on an emotional level. And I call it underreact. That's your emotional caller ID. And you say, you know what? I'm, I'm not going to emotionally pick up right now. I am going to say I choose to underreact. And what happens most often is that you have a more appropriate response to what's happening to you because you're not emotionally engaged. You haven't picked up emotionally. And so you're able to see the situation a little bit different. You're able to see it with more calmness, and you have a better response. So that's what I call underreact, your emotional caller ID. Mm. Mm. Wow. You know, I want to ask you about how what well, how can I word this? I want to I want to put this in the right way. How important and what role does faith play in happiness? Mm. Uh, a a wonderful question and I'm I'm so glad that you asked it because I believe that it's very important. But does that mean a faithless person cannot be happy? No, I believe that there's a level of happiness that a faithless person can have, and happiness may be the road to gaining more faith. But let me tell you what happened to me. I've always considered myself to be a faithful and believing person. And that as I lived my life, I would speak to God in, you know, Whatever I did, you know, I wanted, wanted him to be my partner in all that I wanted to have happen. And I think that that was the key to my detriment, actually, that instead of asking God what he wanted to have happen, I was trying to prescribe to him what blessings I wanted. And sometimes when we do that, we become so attached to the outcome that when it doesn't happen the way we think it should, we blame God and our circumstances for what didn't happen. And it blinds us to the great things that do happen. And so what I counsel and what I tell people in my seminars is that if you are a faithful person, if you have a belief in God or a higher power or just the energy of the universe, partner with that belief. 
and believe that you are not alone. That when bad things happen to you, it's not because you're a bad person. It means that there's something that you need to learn and that you can turn that into an opportunity. Uh, in, in my book, I call, and in not just my book, but in other people as well, this, this principle of surrender. That so often if we attach ourselves to the outcome, to, to results, to what should happen, and it doesn't happen, we become depressed, we become sad, and we blame ourselves. Well, things are what they are. Circumstances are just circumstances. And they're not sad or happy circumstances. It's your reaction to them that's sad or happy. You can now go to God and say, I surrender the situation to you. And whether it's, you know, and it may not be God. Maybe it's the power of the universe. Maybe it's the energy of everything around you. I don't want to prescribe that it has to be my God. But for me, when I surrender to God and I finally got to the point in my life where I could say, you know, I'm happiest when I follow your will rather than convincing you to follow mine. Will you show me your will? And it it relieves me of all that pressure of having to be right, of having to choose the right choices all the time, of, of making sure that everything turns out right, that it's okay if, you know, I'm a little off because God is my partner in all that I do. I think that faith plays a significant role. Mm. Mm -hmm. Mm. And and, and I should add to that, you know, um, I I was just reading a study recently, and I didn't mean to cut you off, but I I was just reading a study recently that uh, was looking at thousands and thousands of people and how they rate themselves as, you know, as happy or unhappy, and what is their lifestyle. And it, one of the things that came out is that there was a significant number of people that said that going to church and having faith increases their level of happiness on a significant level. And so researchers have found that, by and large, people that have a faith and follow that faith are happier than those who don't. Mm. You know, we have a caller on the line, and I just want to bring that caller in and see what they have to say. Okay. Caller from the 707 area code, you're live on the Abundant Solutions Hour. Hello. 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 How are you guys doing today? Good. Good. <sighs> okay, I got a question. Um, I'm thinking about, like, Okay, I have um, family and I have friends and everything, and they when they give me this situation, I could um, help them through everything. I can make them happy. I can give them the right answer. But when things is related to me, it's like I think I have control. But then just I just I just leave everything going, and I'm the one that doesn't get the happiness. So, so what you're saying is that when someone comes to you with a problem or a situation, you're able to give them good counsel and advice, but when it happens to you, you, yeah. you, you don't feel as comfortable, and it's more, it's more devastating than when it happens to someone else. Yes, it breaks me down. Yeah. You know, you know I hear that a lot, and, and I think that what happens is that sometimes we have such higher expectations of ourselves than we have of others. 
and that when we are helping someone else, we're in a position where we're giving and we're serving. And yet when it happens to us, we're like, oh, my gosh, where can I go for help? How can I get some help? Here, here's what I recommend to you. And it, it, I hope that it doesn't sound too soft, and, but I, I really think that this could help you, is to find someplace quiet. Uh, that may be hard for you. I don't know. But find someplace quiet where you can actually have a conversation with yourself and treat yourself like a friend or a family member that would come to you with the same problem that you're having because chances are you, if someone were to come to you with the problem that you're experiencing, you would have great advice for them. You would be a, 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 a consoling and comforting voice for them. And I want you to feel that you have that same voice within you for yourself. So find a quiet place, have this conversation with yourself, and give yourself the same advice and counsel that you would give to one of your friends or your family. And I think that if you trust yourself and just believe for a minute, you will feel better about what's happening to you. And you can go back to that and practice that, and chances are you're going to see the situation differently and feel better about it. Yeah, I'm, I'm great, great. Caller, don't hang up yet. I, I, I want to ask you this. I, I, know you li- I know you've been listening to the show, yeah. but I want to ask you, do you feel like your life is a roller coaster? Do you feel like uh, one minute everything is going good and the next minute things just fall apart and you're trying to figure out why this is happening to you? Oh, yeah, like, you know more of it. Um, it's just a lot. Like, um, let's say, like, um, I go to a situation, right, and I'm back into, like, I went out of God's life, right? I went out of the church, and every time I took, I, I say, okay, this is not for me. I, 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 leave, I left my family and everything. And then when I was there, I felt like I was, okay, I, I had control. But then, again, it was just a moment, and I was happy for a moment, and then I realized Okay, this is not for me. I need my family again. So I'm back in the family again. But then it's again. Like I had before the beginning, but then all of a sudden my family goes away. Yes. Mr. Wilkerson, you, you can you can touch on that. Yes, I can. You know, I think that for a lot of us, life is a roller coaster. Oh, yeah. And we, we continue to search for those things uh, that will make us happy. But to be quite honest with you, uh, there is really nothing outside of us that can make us happy. And if we're waiting for someone to change or if we're waiting for a certain situation to make us happy, it's unfortunate, but we may be waiting a long time where we feel these moments of euphoria, like you suggest, like you said, oh, I have a moment of happiness and then, oh, I'm faced with all of my other problems and, you know, the family that I thought would make me happy. I'm arguing with my sister or my mother (laughs) or whatever. And, oh, you know, I thought this was going to make me happy and it's not. I guess I better go somewhere else. Well, what what happens is that, you know, I, I like the saying that the grass is greener where you water it. And so often we think grass is greener on the other side of the fence. But take a moment and realize that you're not going to be in control and that it's okay if you're out of control a little bit. And leave it up to God and let him 
be your partner in working things out. And instead of waiting for the time when you're in control and everything has to be just right, just say, you know what, Um, things are the way they are, and I can either accept it or I can deny it. And when you accept it, you say, doesn't mean you agree with it, right? Say, I'm just going to accept that my family member is just the way they are. That that's who they are, and that's okay. Mm-hmm. I, I I can deal with it instead of trying to change them or wait for them to change. Yeah, that's I think, Yeah, that's the main. I I think I wanted people to change a lot, and then it's like um like I have my sister that she you know she came with me because she was on drugs and and I I think I I, I got to a point that I I started be buff. Like no, you cannot do that. No. Because I want it to be better. I want her to be better. You know? Yeah, and I've, and, and I I think sometimes we think that our wanting someone to change is going to help us too. And yeah. and of course you want your sister to have the best life that she can have, right? You you love her. You want the very best for her. Mm-hmm. But the best thing that you could do for her is to be happy yourself. Okay. And that recognize that her choices are her choices. You have the opportunity to serve her. You have the opportunity to help her. But if she doesn't change, you, that's okay. Because no one can change enough for you to be happy. Because happiness is going to be inside of you. And that if you can find a spot inside of you that's happy, even when she makes poor choices, mm-hmm. you will have a greater effect and impact on her than if you were to take her away from a situation. Or, I mean, you, you still want to protect her and you still want to do what's right, but be accepting of it and be happy inside and you'll have a great impact on her because she'll feel that energy and love. Mm-hmm. That's, 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 thank you so much. I really like that part. <laughs> and, and, I would, and I would like to add something else here that, you know, a lot of times when things happen to us, it's very easy to ask, Oh, why is this happening to me? Oh yeah. And 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 and, and I would I would just like to turn it around and and suggest that you you know make a practice of instead of asking why is this happening to me, you say why is this happening for me. And and when you can ask that question, and you may have to ask it over and over again, why is this happening for me? You are going to see the situation differently. It's going to become an opportunity instead of an adversity, and you're going to learn that there's something very powerful in what you're experiencing so that you can share it with others, you can help your sister better. But when you say, why is this happening to me, it's almost like you're rejecting it and you're fighting against it. You don't need to fight against it. Ask, why is this happening for me, and solutions will come to you. Well, thank you so much. That was really nice. Wow. You're welcome, and I just wish you the very best. Thank you. Caller, hang on for a second. I have a, a question and actually a comment for you. Okay. You know, I, as I listened to you, as you began to talk, I could actually, you know, I could hear the pain in your voice. And I noticed that, you know, after this small conversation, I think you've maybe been on the line for maybe about five minutes or so, that your whole demeanor has changed. And my question is, what changed you? What changed me? Mm-hmm. I think because I, I, I think he said what what I was thinking in my head, but I was thinking too hard. He was saying that too. We 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 think 
we think things over, you know, like, and then I was thinking too much, and I, I knew the answer. Like I, when I when I when I addressed my my issue to to my friend, I knew the answer exactly what he was saying. You have to just get into a place just for you and just think and then talk to yourself and and then treat you the same way you're treating these people, you know. Mm-hmm. And I think I, I guess sometimes we we want other people to tell us. You know what we want to hear, even though we know that what you know, we even though we know the answer. I don't know if you understand. And it's, yes. It, yes I, I, I guess I just needed that. I needed that little thing that probably anyone can tell me. Anyone else should, t- you know, would tell me the same thing. I wouldn't say that to anyone else, but it just I needed to hear it from someone else. Mm-hmm. And I got to. And let me tell you, I pray. I pray every day, and I ask. I was even asking because I went. He talked about the cancer. I went through cancer. I, I had um, pre-cancer, and it, it 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 hit me on my chest. I was like, "Oh my God, I got two little girls, and I had cancer." But then, you know, I started to pray, and I never forgot what my grandma taught me. I started praying. I said, "God, you got in control. You know everything. Only you." So, and then. Um, I took the test like three times, and even the doctor was like, "Oh, um, I'm gonna repeat it again because it's not, you know, it's it's not positive, you know, it's not positive." But I think it it is. I see what I see. I see cancer, but the pathologist saying no. So I said, "You know what? Don't do no more tests. You know, I'm cured." So I had to know. But then, when situations like this happen, my husband was the one to be around saying, hey, my my, my wife, she got cured. But I closed my mom. I was like, why are you telling everybody that? You know, because <laughs> I don't want to share that. But now, now he's saying, we have to talk it out. We have to send that to the world so people know. And I guess I just need to start thinking that people can change and just trying to work it out for me first and then the the rest of the world. I want to change everybody, seriously. I want to change the situation that's happening around, you know, women skinning the babies and, you know, I want everybody to be happy, but first I have to make myself happy, and that's why he said it, and I love the way he said it. Caller, I, I don't know how much you've heard of the show, but um, Mr. Wilkinson was diagnosed with cancer twice. Wow. I'm going through the same process again, so well, I don't know it, why I'm going. That's why I say. That's what I told you. Um, in the in the in the math space, I say, why is I'm not getting the happiness? It's because I'm going through that again. I just got um from the doctor that they, they said that I probably have the same thing. Well, and if God cured you before, He has the power to cure you again. Now it may not be as miraculous. Exactly. You may have to go through. Uh, some treatments, you may have to, you know, change your lifestyle a little bit. But I really believe that your belief is strong enough to make a difference. Mm-hmm. And if you can focus on your belief, so much else around you can be better for you. And I would say, don't be afraid. You can do this. Yeah. You've done it before. Yeah. You can do this. And that with God, you've already shown that you have great faith. Make that faith very active and very powerful in your life and turn it over to him and he will work his miracles. Yeah, it's true. I want to be, you know, it's like, I mean, I'm talking too much now, huh? <laughs> no, 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 go ahead. You're fine. Um, it's like, 
I know myself to be, you know, like my preacher. My preacher comes to me and he'd be like, man, I wish everybody around me have that positive attitude that you have. I'm really positive. And it's like when he comes to um, some a friend that comes to me and say, you know, I'm devastated, this is, this is, I would be like, oh, you need this, you know, read the Bible, um, talk to God, he will help you out. This is what you need to do. I can do that, right? But then it's like, it's like things I'm trapped on another one, and I feel like a roller, like a roller coaster, like Greg said. It's just like up and down. Like I'm, I'm top of the world, and all of a sudden, just something else come and pop on my head, and I'm like, oh, not again! <laughs> when this yeah. thing is gonna stop? <laughs> you know, I, well, I have one thing I want to say, mm-hmm. and this is what I, I truly believe: trials purify. When you go through something, it's a purification process for your mind, mm-hmm. and it's all about how you how you take on that that particular situation. You know, Greg always says you can be bitter or you can be better. Oh yeah, <laughs> you know, I love and, that. <laughs> and I and I've been using that probably more than he has because when the first time I heard him say it, I'm like, oh yeah, that's mine. I'm oh, taking yeah. it. I'm embracing it. You know. And uh, we got about two minutes left. I want to give uh, Mr. Wilkinson an opportunity to give out his contact information. All right. Well, again, you can reach me, uh, find out more about me and about the book at uh, www.thehappinessfactor.com. And if you would like to reach me directly and ask me questions, the email is behappy at thehappinessfactor.com. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> yeah, I know we too. <laughs> Mr. Wilkinson, are you available for speaking engagements and seminars and workshops and just every? Uh, yes, absolutely. I would love to come to either you know organizations, church groups, or other events, and and speak on this subject. Uh, I customize presentations for every event that I speak at because it's all very different. And so, yes, I'm available for speaking engagements. Uh, workshops and seminars. Awesome. And again, right. tell us how uh, tell us how we can get your book. I'm sorry. All right, you can get my book at major booksellers, Barnes and Noble, Borders, Amazon.com, and you can get it on my website as well. And if you choose the book plus DVD combo for the listeners of the show, I'm going to give the DVD away free and free shipping. Wow. Nice. All right. Well, Mr. Wilkinson, we we really appreciate you coming on tonight. I I think this show has just been whew, this has been an <laughs> awesome show. I mean, you know, at the beginning of the show, we talked about you know being able to help people and being able to you know really get out there and effect some real true change in the lives of people. And I truly believe that we accomplished that goal tonight. Amen you know, to that. You know, and well, and I want to say it to the rest of our listeners, you know, you have everything you need right inside of you. You need to dig in, dig deep, pull it out, and create a new you. You know, and absolutely. And you know, for everyone that's listening, please go out and tell other people about the Abundant Solutions Hour. We're on Mondays and Wednesdays at 9 p.m. And, you know, we hope you come and join us and, you know, just fellowship with us, enjoy what we do. We enjoy it. Greg and I, you know, we love doing this. 
We've been doing it for a while, and you know, I, I don't even have anything else to say. I'm just, I'm, I'm blown away by this show, Greg. That being said, yeah. Well, that being said, you've been so listening much. to the Abundant Solutions thank Hour, you. and we thank you so much for joining us. Thank and you. we ask that you join us again on Wednesday at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Good evening, and God bless you all. Amen.